We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken, and on today's episode, I will be reviewing Season 7 of Rick and Morty. Now, I know I said I was going to post an episode, a uh, Christmas review, last week, and I didn't because I didn't really know what to review, what, you know, anything new that was Christmas, Christmassy that I could review, and, you know, the weekend just kept going on, and I just it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I will post a Christmas review next week. So sometime tomorrow I'll be reviewing probably two or three or four, probably like four or five. I'll do like four or five little uh, short bursts of reviews um, in one episode. So like I'll do like maybe between six and ten minutes, somewhere around there, of like five different Christmas specials or movies all in the same episode. So uh, look out for that episode um, tomorrow afternoon, maybe tomorrow night, but pr- sometime tomorrow late afternoon. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, sorry for those of you who were <laughs> waiting for an episode last week uh, and, you know, were disappointed I didn't post anything. But fear not, for I'll have these two episodes uh, this week, and next week I'll be reviewing, uh, sometime next week I'll be reviewing Daredevil uh, when I finish that up. Um, and I'll be Friday or, or Saturday, depending on when I review Daredevil, but probably next Friday, I'll be also be uploading the season seven finale, which, you know, if you have been following the podcast, you all know that again, those of you who do follow the podcast regularly know that at the end of every year on the odd seasoned, on the odd numbered seasons, the season finale of those seasons are my top 10 favorite movies of the year, uh, episodes. So that will be next Friday or Saturday, maybe Sunday, but hopefully Friday. But that will be next weekend, and sometime in the middle of the week, end of the week, will be my review of Daredevil. So, uh, so yeah, the last four episodes will be <laughs> within this uh, next week and a half, so or week and two, three days. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, but yeah, so today's episode uh, will be my review of the latest season of Rick and Morty, season seven. Um, uh, now I have been reviewing the show every year since, uh, 2021 when season five, uh, premiered and, uh, you know, all of you who have listened to my podcast before know that I absolutely love Rick and Morty. It's one of my favorite, uh, not just adult cartoons, but you know, shows in general. Uh, I, you know, I started watching it way back around when it first premiered, uh, I started in like January of 2014, like around when the fourth episode aired. And I was like, wow, I really love this show. I I think that was the first episode I watched. And then I went back and watched the first three episodes. Uh, and then from that point on, I watched it weekly and anticipated it, you know, every, uh, every day, uh, or every Sunday or well, not cause every Monday, yeah, I would watch it the following day. Cause you know, I had to get up to go to school, but every Monday when I watched, uh, that week's you know, last night's new episode, I would eagerly be, uh, waiting, uh, for the next episode. And, uh, and yeah, I've been a fan, uh, for, you know, well, roughly, uh, you know, next month will be a complete decade, but yeah, pretty much a decade, you know? And 
you may, you may remember, those of you who do watch Rick and Morty, uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon were the, are the co-creators of Rick and Morty. And, um, it was unfortunate to hear this, but you know, it was justified, I think. And it it perfectly makes sense or totally makes sense. But Justin Roiland, apart from being the co-creator of Rick and Morty is also the, uh, is also the voices, uh, of both Rick and Morty or is the voice of both. Yeah. The voice of both Rick and Morty. And he also voices some like, uh, some of the tertiary characters, like some of the side and like one-off characters almost like, and some of the recurring characters, uh, you know, he voices Mr. Poopy Butthole, uh, Mr. Meeseeks, uh, you know, again, a bunch, a bunch of like some of the one-off voices, like some of the like background characters, like, you know, all, a lot of the characters that are like, maybe just make one appearance, you know, uh, like Mr. Frundles, <laughs> you know, he was in like one episode and yet, you know, when you listen to watch that episode, you hear his voice, uh, Mr. Frundle's voice, you're like, oh, that's Justin. So, you know, a lot of the just like one-off random characters, he voices them, a lot of the side characters, and of course the, the titular characters, the two, the title characters, you know, and, uh, back, you know, and it was, it was like shortly after season six premiered or, or, or uh, finished because the season six finale was like December 5th or 17th. No, no, no. Uh, December 11th of last year. And so it was like two and a half, maybe three weeks after it was like early January. Uh, but there were some domestic abuse charges that were, um, you know, that were, um, brought on, uh, against, or, you know, they were charged against, uh, uh, Justin Roiland. And, you know, he had, uh, he was accused of, you know, uh, grooming, and, uh, domestic violence and Adult Swim decided to, you know, when the charges surfaced, you know, they not, I think like the, within the next day or so they, they let him go. Like they fired him. And yeah, I was, when I read that, cause I follow Rick and Morty on, on Instagram, I follow their, the Instagram account and I, you know, just went on Instagram the, that day and I was like, oh, shit. And then, of course, this podcast I listened to, Double Toasted, talked about it on their podcast. And, you know, we're going a little bit more in depth with it or of what they knew at the time. And, you know, it was just crazy to uh, to hear about that. But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I did kind of cover this uh, back in season six of the podcast, which I think it was my the season six premiere. Yeah, I believe I believe it was like the the season six premiere of the of season six where I talked about you know, uh, this news and just how crazy it was, the fact that this happened. And of course the charges though were dropped, um, in March or they were dismissed because there was insufficient evidence. There wasn't enough evidence. Um, but you know, nevertheless, they moved on with, uh, season to season seven without him. Uh, and I'm assuming they had probably recorded a lot of the dialogue already. I mean, I don't know, because it was in January, the season premiered this October, so it was still about a year or eight months, um, or no, nine months uh, away from the season actually being released, but still, I feel like they had probably recorded a good amount of the dialogue already, uh, but, you know, they, I guess whatever they did, they, yeah, they just re-recorded it with uh, new voice actors, and, uh, but, you know, obviously, it's still 
you know, and obviously, yeah, even if the charges were dismissed, you could say, well, he could still maybe be brought back. But there, uh, you know, like I said, like I mentioned, he was accused of grooming, too. And people were like, oh, that's a shitty scumbag thing to do. And on September 13th of this year, so like three months ago, uh, three months and a few days ago, uh, more allegations were brought on, uh, you know, and uh, about Justin in regards of sexual assault. And he, you know, was revealed to have been communicating with underaged female fans of the show, like fans who were girls, underage, teenage girls under 18, you know, <laughs> that were, uh, where he was talking about how, like he said, one of them, he referred to one of them as jailbait. And, you know, some of the fans were just, uh, ta- you know, some of the female fans of Rick and Morty were talking about how, you know, what a scumbag piece of shit he was and just how creepy he was with like all the, um, the messages he, you know, just asking them if they wanted to go out on a date or, you know, calling them jailbait, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so when I read that for the first time and I heard that, I was like, well, shit, I didn't, um, I, I didn't see that coming. Although in retrospect with all the sort of jokes and obviously they're just jokes, but like with all the jokes about like, you know, the giant incest baby in season five and one of the Mortys in season three, uh, wishing for incest porn to be more mainstream, you know, it's, it's jokes like that. Uh, Rick and Morty, getting uh, face huggers, the face huggers, uh, these face hugger aliens possessing Rick and Morty and then making out while still talking in Rick and Morty's voices. You know, it's just, it's scenes like that, that kind of, I could see fans being rubbed their own way, uh, being rubbed their own way, uh, looking back on those moments in those episodes, because, you know, now with all this new information, it's like, oh shit, you know, like having, I, I can, I could totally get like any of the female fans, you know, uh, you know, having a hard time continuing to be a fan of the show, you know, like going back or even just going back and rewatching the episodes, you know, from before this news came to light, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, crazy that this happened, but yeah, so the, but you know, the fact that he was accused of that happening in, uh, back in like January, there was grooming involved, but then in September when, you know, these definitely, all these, allega- you know, these allegations came up and it became even more prevalent that, uh, Justin did some shady shit and, and, you know, creepily talked with underage teenage girls about sexual shit, you know, <laughs> perverted shit. It, um, yeah, needless to say, I, I, I don't think he's coming back. And, uh, and I just realized I've gone on 10 minutes about this anyway. Uh, but it's fine. I'll get into the season in a minute. But yeah, so, uh, and then obviously Dan Harmon, he faced similar allegations in 2018, but he apologized profusely for it and there were no charges filed against him. Uh, and he responded like the following week, like on the 27th of September. And he said that he was ashamed and heartbroken. He had no idea. He's disappointed. And um, yeah, so needless to say, the this season, as well as the, again, I'm assuming the cutoff point is 10 seasons because back in before season four premiered adult swim renewed Rick and Morty for 70 more episodes. So, and so far each season has been 10 episodes, same with seasons 
two and three, which were 10 episodes. Season one was the exception. They had 11 episodes because they had the pilot and then 10 more after. So, but, uh, but every season besides season one has had 10 episodes. So I'm assuming, yeah, if they keep going like this, which I don't know why they wouldn't, we'll, we'll still have, we still have three more seasons. So going forward, Justin will no longer be a part of the show. Uh, and yeah, he had pretty much no involvement or hardly any involvement with this season. Um, and yeah, so it was just, uh, I mean, and I think it's good. And, and, and I'll say this before I get into the season, but, uh, all I, I couldn't stand all the people commenting. It just was so damn irritating. All the, all the butthurt fanboys and, I'm I'm assuming most of the fans that were complaining were guys because I I don't know how any female fans could have like had the balls to say some of this stupid shit that the the they were saying. But like every you know part of me I I'm not I wouldn't say I dreaded, but I was like, oh boy, here we go. Every time I went on like I saw uh, that Rick and Morty's Instagram, you know, they posted a. Uh, Fan Art Friday, because like, you know, or anytime they posted something new, uh, whether it was an old clip, you know, just posting posting it again on the account, or if they posted some fan art on Fan Art Fridays, or anytime they posted something regarding the upcoming season, all the amount of, of comments that I saw talking about how this is criminal, Justin Roiland was dropped from the, the allegations, or his, his, uh, his charges, criminal charges uh, for domestic abuse, were dismissed. And then, you know, uh, I was just stupid. All the comments I kept seeing about that. And then all the comments I saw that were replies to those comments of fans saying, get your head out of your ass, idiot, you know, just complaining, you know, telling them how stupid it was of them to want a perverted, you know, potential pedophile back, you know, who was creepily sexting underage girls, you know, calling them jailbait, you know, just, you know, it just sounds like a perverted scumbag. You know, it's like, why would you want a perverted scumbag to come back? And, uh, and you know, I'm on their side. It's like, yeah, why? And plus, Justin Roiland, from from what the crew, from Dan Harmon and the Spencer Grammer, you know, the other, and Sarah Chalk, uh, Chris Parnell, the other voice actors, Ryan Ridley, you know, uh, ex- you know uh, executive producer, voice actor on the show, from, from all of what they've all said, Justin barely did shit the last few seasons. The last few seasons, he, I mean, besides voicing the characters, he would, you know, he never really animated the show. Dan was, Dan and Ryan and a lot of the others, a lot of the other crew were the ones who mostly writ, writ who mostly, <laughs> what the hell, writ, who mostly wrote the episodes. Uh, they were the ones who did most of the work the past, you know, three, four seasons. Uh, and you know, Justin would hardly ever show up to the, uh, storyboard writer's room meetings, uh, you know, and to prep for the season ahead, you know, the next batch of episodes. And anytime he did show up, he would like show up with his iPhone, like uh, taped to a remote controlled car. He would just roll up a, a car into the writer's room. Like, Hey guys, I'm ready. You know, let's start the meeting. So, you know, his attendance was like spotty and like, you know, he was barely even there anyway, the, from again, from what they've said for the last few seasons. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, that on top of the, you know, the sexual perverted underage teenage girl shit, 
you know, that, uh, w- yeah, why would they, why would you want him back, you know? Like, that's just so fucking stupid. Pardon my French, but yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, and frankly, they're stupid for wanting him back. Like, it, yeah, and yeah, from everything they've said, yeah, Justin may have co-created the show, but the show wasn't all him. It was also Dan, who, you know, is the co-creator, like I said. He's the co-creator. It was also Ryan Ridley. It was also the other voice actors who, you know, gave life to Spencer, uh, Spencer who gave life to Summer, Beth, and Jerry. And uh, it was also the animators who, you know, gave them life too, you know, made them. And, and the and the writers who wrote the, and, you know, Dan also wrote, and Ryan also wrote the episodes too. But, you know, it was also them for writing, you know, funny, quippy dialogue for them to say. So, you know, Justin wasn't as much as people say, oh, yeah, well, the creator is the main person from the show that did the most. It's like, yeah, but it takes a team. It takes a village, not just one person. So it wasn't just Justin doing the animation and all the voices and all the the writing. You know, he didn't do everything. He just was a little, you know... And again, like I said, his attention from the last few years had been spotty and he barely wrote or animated anything or did anything besides voice the characters. And not saying that that's not important, but still, it's like it sounded like he wasn't that pleasant or that helpful of a person to work with in the first place. I mean, again, especially from the last for the last few seasons. So anyway, uh, all that uh, leading into me saying that despite the fact that Justin wasn't involved in this season, I still really enjoyed it, and I feel like most of the reactions from people on YouTube, uh, the one, some of the ones that I've seen, and uh, about half of the people that on the Instagram account commenting have been saying this season has been good, and you know, and then of course the other half of people in the comments saying this season has been shit. Bring back Justin. I'm not going to watch the show, and then you know, <laughs> and then the, the people replying back to them well, yeah, fine, we'll miss you, bye, buddy, you know, like, it's like, we don't need your asshole attitude, like, we, we, yeah, we don't need you or him back, the show is just fine, and, uh, and honestly, uh, when, you know, when I, because the season premiered, uh, October 15th, or I think it was, was it the 15th, let me look, uh, yeah, the season premiered October 15th, so the, you know, the first episode was very heavily, very heavily involved Rick, not so much Morty, but we did hear, we did get to hear Morty speak in the episode, but it mainly focused on, uh, Rick and it was very heavily focused on, uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. In fact, the, the title of the first episode is how Poopy got his poop back. And, um, (laughs) and, you know, uh, if you, you know, if you're like me, someone who loves animation and can, most more often than not pick out the voice actors in um in a show or movie and go like oh wait like even if i don't remember the name even if i don't know the name i recognize the voice and even if they're putting on a different voice sometimes the inflection that they're using for a certain character i'll be like i know that voice like uh tom kenny you know i y- there's just something about like sometimes and sometimes i can't tell when it's a voice actor and when it's not but every now and then because I've watched enough animated shows and movies, more often than not, I can p- tell who's voicing a character. And uh, and obviously, if you are as into Rick and Morty or animation as I am, 
you could maybe probably tell that Rick and Morty weren't, and Mr. Poopy Butthole, you know, they weren't voiced by Justin. And I could tell, like, it it was, to me, it was apparent that it wasn't them or that it wasn't him, but mostly with Mr. Poopy Butthole, like his, his, uh, you know, ooh wee, you know, and his, his, the, the high pitchedness of his voice wasn't quite as, uh, it wasn't quite as high pitched. It was like a little. It was like a little lower of a register. Uh, I, I'm not sure who voiced him. I don't know if it was Ian or Harry, but um, but you know, I think it was one of them. If I if I'm not mistaken. But it, other than that, it, it took a second to get used to. But I was like, after like a few minutes into the episode, I was like, you know what? I like the voice. I'm fine with it. You know, and of course uh, the people who voice uh because it's not they didn't get one person to voice Rick and Morty like Justin did they got uh Ian Cardoni and Harry Belden to voice Rick and Morty respectively like Ian voices Rick and Harry voices Morty and uh honestly I think they did a great job especially for this being their first season voicing these iconic you know well-established characters like you know that have been a decade, you know, that people have got, have gotten used to their voices for almost pretty much a decade, you know, cause again, two months or like a month and a half away from when the season premiered would have been a right at a decade when the show premiered. So it was like a month away from being a full decade. So yeah, people have gotten used to hearing their certain, uh, the characters sounding a certain way for a decade. And, uh, and I think that Ian and Harry did the characters justice. Uh, and, you know, I think they did a great job. Now, obviously, like, you know, again, it took a little bit of time to get used to them, a little bit more time to get used to Rick. But again, about halfway through that first episode, I was like, it, it's fine. It's good. You know what? I like it. Like, you know, that's kind of that was kind of my thought process. I was like, eh, it sounds a little off. But then I was like, OK, it's getting better. And then and then halfway through, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I like it. So like the only like Morty the the guy Harry Belden uh, voicing Morty the guy voicing him it's a, it's not it's a little more um maybe it's a little whinier if that makes sense um uh, but he does kind of, he does in a way sound a little bit more like a teenager than Justin and the guy voicing Rick Ian Cardoni he doesn't quite sound as gruff or at least in in the first couple episodes he doesn't quite sound as gruff as Justin's Rick voice was. Uh, but you know, especially when he's yelling, it's not quite as aggressive. Um, but I think as the season progressed, it did sort of, you know, stop. I, I sort of stopped noticing or it sort of like, I mean, it, when he, and, and it got to the point where it did sound more aggressive, maybe it's because those first couple episodes, it was them getting adjusted to voicing these characters. But like as the season progressed, uh, whenever he did have to, whenever we did hear Rick scream, Ian, you know, his voice did kind of sound more gruff. But yeah, that's really the only thing I would say about the Rick and Morty's, you know, how their voices sound now is that, yeah, they're a little different. And, you know, if you're a fan of the show, it might take some time getting used to. But I think the Ian and Harry do the characters justice enough to where, yeah, they sound almost spot on to Justin uh, I'm surprised they didn't just get one guy to voice Rick and Morty because I feel like, I mean, you know, you have to pay two separate voice actors now when, you know, before you just had Justin, Spencer, Sarah, and and uh, Chris, you know, uh, uh, Summer, 
uh, Beth and Jerry's voice actors, you know, those last three. And then, yeah, Justin was Rick and Morty, you know. So you had, like, four main voice actors, but now you have five uh, since Rick and Morty are two people now. I I don't know. I, I mean, I guess maybe they just wanted to give someone else a chance. I just felt like, you know, why do that when you could just pay one person to do both? Uh, especially because, like, from all the people I've seen online that can do pretty spot-on Rick and Morty impressions, it's like, yeah, why didn't you just get one guy? But regardless, uh, they did a great job. So, and, and yeah, this season, uh, same with last season. Like I I talked about how, you know, last season was really good too. Uh, I think this season's good as well. Uh, I, I, I'm not really sure like what, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I'd say it's better than, uh, last season was it's, it's probably on par with last season. And, and again, considering that like, you know, they had to, you know, re-record, probably re-record most of the dialogue with, you know, two new actors voicing Rick and Morty. I'd, uh, I'd say they, you know, got the characters down pretty well. And, um, you know, they, it didn't feel like, really to me, it didn't feel like the show skipped a beat or it didn't feel like, you know, it, the, it, it, it didn't feel, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Nothing felt out of place to me. It didn't feel like, they really skipped a beat despite having to, you know, within less, within less than a year, you know, having to re-record a lot of the dialogue probably, you know, with, with two new actors, um, you know, it didn't seem like that they really were in a rush or it didn't seem like they rushed the season, like the season, you know, the quality of the writing, the animation especially was great and the quality of writing was great and the voice acting from everyone was great, including, you know, Ian and Harry. And this season, uh, again, like with, you know, that they normally do, there are story, the story driven episodes within the season. And then there are also the one-off adventures that, uh, you know, even if they don't really progress the story, they do kind of develop the character, you know, they do progress, uh, the characters, uh, they develop the characters and, um, and, you know, which is always great for a sitcom to do, uh, because you know, even if it's not a show where you have to watch every episode, it is it is nice to watch an episode of a show and still kind of have the characters learn something at the end, or kind of change for a little bit, or you know, or or, or end up in a different spot than they were in the beginning of the episode, you know. And um, and yeah, really, all the episodes I liked all ten this season. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I love the show, you know, and I know there are some fans that are like. Oh yeah, well the 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 sperm episode in season five was shit, you know, <laughs> like in Rick, De- which was the episode four Rick Dependent Spray. Like you know, people have their favorite and like least favorite episodes. Like the the yeah the season five one, the sperm episode Rick Dependent Spray. A lot of people hate that one. Uh, a lot of people hate the sex dragon episode in season four, uh, Claw and Hoarder, which also was the fourth episode of that season. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, and then um, last uh, season. Uh, a lot of people didn't care for, actually, you know what? I didn't really hear that many people say they didn't like that many in season six or that they disliked that many in season six. I, I, I can't really think of one where a large majority of the fan base was like, well, that episode was dog shit. You know, like, I feel like last season, most everyone was like on board with, oh yeah, no, this season was pretty solid. Uh, then again, I could be, I could be forgetting, but I, I'm pretty sure that most everyone was like, yeah, this season was good uh, but you know and then you have like episodes where everyone's like uh 
everyone loves them. You know, like you've got your Rick Potion Nines, your uh, uh, Total Rickalls, Autoerotic Assimilations. You've got your um, uh, 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 the Rick Lantis mix-up from season three. And the, the, the other two were from season two or seasons one and two that I mentioned. You know, and then uh, the Vat of Acid episode. I almost said Apsid. The Vat of Acid episode in season four. You know, so it's like, you know, it, it just depends on, you know, the writing and I guess what happens in the episode and just, the, you know, their overall opinion of the fans watching them. Uh, but to, to me, there has not been an episode where I didn't enjoy it on some level. And I can say that this season especially is uh, another yet another season where I did enjoy every episode. Now, obviously, some more than others. Like, uh, like I did love the um, the the premiere. I really did love the premiere because, and I'll probably talk a little bit about each episode. I won't go into everything that happened in the episodes, but the season premiere was really good. Uh, essentially, it was uh, Rick. Uh, just hanging out with the gang, like uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole had been like living in the Smith's house for the last few months, ever since, uh, you know, his wife left him and took took the kid. And uh, we saw that at the end of season six that he had uh, in the post credit scene in the season six finale, he had been working out. Um, And then he, of course, ended up breaking his legs when he decided to lift too much uh, weight at once uh, on the (laughs) on the. When he was lifting weights, he lifted way too much, broke his legs. And, uh, you know, we start that episode with him being an alcoholic. You know, he's got stubble. He's kind of got a little uh, beer belly. You know, he's just a disheveled, depressed mess. And Beth is like, can you get him out of the house, please? He's been here way too – he's been here like months now. And so Rick decides to take it upon himself to to just pretty much take – Mr. Poopy Butthole uh, partying, and so he he gathers Bird Person, he gets Squanchy Gearhead, and then and then to round out the group, he just gets their na- their next door neighbor Gene, which I I love how much of a and again like like with uh, a bunch of other characters on the show, I love how much of a recurrence how much of a recurring character he's become over the seasons because before w- when Gene first showed up, he I, I I believe his first appearance was like in season three. And it was the episode, uh, the Whirly Durly Conspiracy, where he first showed up, and uh, pretty much, uh, <laughs> I love this moment too, because in that episode, uh, we're pretty much, uh, Beth accidentally enlarges, uh, or well, yeah, she accidentally enlarges Summer with uh, Rick's uh, shrinking growth ray. Uh, long story short, but Summer gets dumped by her boyfriend Ethan for her friend Trisha Lane and Summer believes it's because of her massive stripper titties, uh, quote, massive stripper titties. <laughs> and so Summer is like, okay, I'll just use the shrink ray, uh, to enlarge my, my boobs, but she make enlarges them too much. And then she kind of just gr- you know, accidentally grows herself to the size of the garage and Beth presses a button and it grows her just a little bit more. She, you know, bursts out of the garage and then she pushes another button and then she thinks that'll reverse it. And it just turns her skin inside out like summer skin. So her just flesh is exposed. And, you know, Morty is like yelling at Beth to call Rick. And then Gene just pops around from like, he just pops his head across. Like he's leaning his arm over the fence. He's like, he pops up. He's like, everything okay over here. And then (laughs) 
<laughs> and then Morty just yells at him, mind your own goddamn business, Gene. I'm trying to have a conversation with my mom. <laughs> And then he just, and then he just goes back to his his yard work. He just goes back to his own. He leave. He hops, or well, he, he's like he he pokes down from under the fence. Uh, so you know that's like that was it was just such a random, you know, seemingly one off appearance. It's like oh they, I mean of course like you see a house next to them at the beginning of every episode. Like when we see the front of the house, obviously they have a neighbor next door, or they have a house next door, but we've never seen the neighbor up until that point, or at least they've never, he's never had a speaking line. He's never been addressed to by his name. Uh, we may have seen him in the background before, but I believe that was his first appearance. So the fact that like throughout the seasons, he, he keeps popping up and the fact that he actually kind of like Rick decided to bring him alone in the episode, uh, <laughs> partying. Cause I, I guess he just needed another person to round out the group. Uh, but that was great. And, and yeah, when, when they, cause he, he pretty much gathered all of his friends and then he went to Gene's house. Uh, he just walked across the, you know, from their house to his, and he was just mowing his grass and, uh, Rick's like, Hey, you want to go out drinking? And then Gene's like on a Thursday, like, <laughs> like he's a typical, I don't know if he has kids, but he just seems like a typical suburban dad. He's got like the cargo shorts on just these thick rimmed glasses, the, 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 uh, sun hat kind of the socks with sandals, you know, I just, I know I'm going on about Gene. I just, I, I, I love how they, over the seasons, they keep going back to this, this, um, you know, vast selection of recurring and side characters and, and at first seemingly one-off characters and, and, you know, they keep mining the well for, uh, uses for them, for comedic uses for them. And, uh, and not even comedic uses, but just uses for them for the story of the episode, you know, like Gene didn't have to be there, but it was cool that he was, you know, just because, and, and Tom Kinney voices him, the guy who voices SpongeBob, you know, voices Ice King, the mayor and the narrator from the Powerpuff Girls, you know, uh, he's, he's voiced, he's voiced a shit ton of people and he's a great voice actor. And so, you know, anytime, you know, I hear Tom Kinney, it's like, oh yeah, it's nice to here he's still doing work, you know, he's, I mean, he's still on Spongebob, like Spongebob's never going to die, so he's still, (laughs) he's still doing Spongebob, but, you know, it's always nice to hear him on other shows, too, um, but no, yeah, the premiere was great, we found out Mr. Poopy Butthole's name was Wayne, uh, and then, you know, he ends up getting to see his wife and kid again, uh, the Jerrick trap was great, that was episode two, it was pretty much Rick and Jerry, like, swap minds, but they end up uh, accidentally, I forgot exactly what happened. I think uh, the machine that they used to swap minds shot them. Like they, they, And then like bits of their brains splatter, were splattered all across the garage. So uh, they end up, but the uh, Rick's uh, device ended up putting the, their brains back. But they, their brains ended up getting swapped around. Like pieces of Rick's brain were mixed up with Jerry's brain and vice versa. So it it was kind of like a, a a neat switch up on the classic body swap uh or mind swap episode where instead of like oh Jerry is in Rick's body and Rick's in Jerry's body it was more so that they were both in each other's bodies like Jerry you know like there was a little bit of Jerry and Rick there was a little bit of of both in Jerry's body and there was a little bit of Jerry and Rick in Rick's body if that makes sense, like, I don't know if the way I'm, I'm describing it makes sense, but I thought that was, I was like, oh, that's a neat, 
uh, uh, subversion of the body swap tr- uh, plot, you know, because like I, almost every show, especially every cartoon, has had a body swap episode. I mean, Gravity Falls had, you know, has had one. Johnny Test had one. Freaky Friday probably popularized the whole body swap plot line where it's like, oh, yeah, well, let's see if you like being in my shoes for a day, you know, and we'll we'll make a bet. You know, (laughs) you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll see if you like being in my shoes for a day and let's make a bet. And then, you know, they they the the parent or and the daughter or the son or or the two best friends or whoever swapped bodies, you know, by the end of the episode or movie, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I guess it was hard, difficult being in your shoes for a day. You know, I mean, we've all seen that plot, but you know, I like what they did, swapping it, uh, uh, or throwing it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the phrase, subvert, subverting the uh, the audience's expectations. I'll just say that, yeah, where it's like, oh, there's a little bit of both of them in both bodies. It's not just Rick and Jerry's and Jerry's and Rick's. You know, uh, you know, one of my, I think one of my favorites uh, was episode three, because like I was saying with Gene they bring back like three recurring characters in the episode. Uh, Air, For- Air, Air, Air Force One, uh, instead of one, it's one. Air Force, Air, sorry. <laughs> Air Force One is the name of episode three. And that, that was one of my favorites because uh, it's got, you know, one of my favorite recurring characters in the show, the president, uh, who has been, has been a part of the show since season two. Uh, episode five, Get Swifty was when he first appeared. But, you know, voiced by the legendary Keith David, you know, iconic, recognizable, famous voice actor and actor in general. But, you know, if you know, he's he, I'm sure you've heard him. He's been in a bunch of different uh, shows and movies. Um, he's he's a great big booming voice actor. You know, He's got a big booming voice. And um, and yeah, he's just hilarious. Like, I just love Rick like his and Rick's rivalry slash friendship uh, where like they, they still kind of hate each other, but they find themselves having to rely on each other for help uh, <laughs> throughout the show. And, and most of the time they do help each other out, but you know, it's either begrudgingly most more often than not, it's begrudgingly having to, they're having to help them each other. And, uh, but this episode, you know, they um, uh, was great because uh, we got, we got the president we got Dr. Wong, who was introduced in season three, voiced by Susan Sarandon, who's the family therapist. And we got Unity. Unity came back. And she, we haven't seen her since season two. And, you know, if you've seen that episode, Otic Erotic, uh, Otic Erotic, <laughs> sorry, Auto, Auto Erotic Assimilation, which was episode three of season two, that was her first and only episode until, you know, this episode, this season. And she's pretty much this hive mind that Rick used to date, uh, you know, after uh, after Diane. You know, he used to date her for a little bit and then they broke up because, you know, they were just both two diff- different people. And I think – and, and the concept when that episode came out, I just thought the concept of unity – well, I still do. But I think the concept of unity is so cool where she's a hive mind. It's like Rick is – of course, Rick being like the smartest person in the universe would date – a hive mind, you know, someone capable of, you know, someone so smart and so capable of like just controlling, you know, like ever, ever expanding their empire, just controlling a population, a a planet of people. Cause like, uh, and she mentions in that episode, she's like, oh yeah, when we first met, I was the population of a small town. 
And then, you know, when we see her in that episode, when Rick, uh, you know, and Morty and Summer run into her, and Rick uh, reconnects with her, they, uh, she is the population of this uh, entire planet that they, that they arrive on. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was cool to see, like, I was like, oh shit, we're getting all three of these recurring characters in the same episode. What are, what are the odds of that? And I just thought that was really cool. And that episode was just, that episode was funny as well. Like I, I loved seeing Rick and Unity, uh, interacting again. It was nice to see her brought back, especially because like we had seen, we've seen Juan, Dr. Juan and the president, uh, a good amount of times these past, um, five seasons, but we had only, we've only seen unity one once before this. And that was in episode uh, season two. So it was cool that they brought someone from way back in season two back into the mix, if only for an episode, you know? Uh, but that, yeah, that episode was funny. Uh, I, I loved the, cause essentially the president calls Rick and he's like in the middle of a therapy session. So, uh, Dr. Wong decides to tag along. But, um, uh, Rick gets called by the president to, <laughs> uh, to head with him to Virginia to see what's going on because apparently Virginia is like, like seceding from the United States and, uh, and they're trying to figure out why they're deciding to just, uh, uh, or well, well, they're not seceding, but, um, uh, but they're, they're, the, well, pr- pretty much the president is under suspicion that they've joined a cult because they're all acting like lovey-dovey and they're just acting too nice and too polite. So they get there and um, and the president – and he demands that Rick take Dr. Wong with him. So all three of them go to, to – um, uh, <laughs> they all go to Virginia and, you know, that's where – and Rick quickly finds out that Unity has taken over um, – uh, has taken over, uh, the entire state, you know, she's brain, she's when pretty much the way she like, uh, gets people to join the hive mind is by getting whichever person she's already brainwashed and manipulated to throw up into her, uh, into their mouths. So that's how she, she just like gets whatever person. Yeah. Just like run, run up to the ne- first person she sees and, the, uh, and then just like open their mouth and like vomit in their mouth. So it's gross and weird, but it's funny too. It's like, and that, that's the, that's the, how you, okay. That's how you brainwash people. That's how you (laughs) assimilate people. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was a fantastic episode. And then of course the the president being his manip, you know, easily sensitive ass, you know, like his, (laughs) he's, uh, he becomes obsessed for everybody's approval because his approval ratings are dropping and there's this, uh, newswoman, uh, I, I, I'm not sure what news ch- uh, station it's supposed to be, Fox, NBC, but whatever news station it's supposed to be, there's this anchor woman who, you know, constantly talks shit about him and he's just, he gets pissed off to the point where he's like, you know what, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> he gets, uh, he, um, he, he hijacks the hive mind and he uh and he he essentially brainwashes everyone in Virginia and almost the whole world into loving him and so that way he'll like win the next election and like his approval ratings will go up <laughs> uh, of course and then Rick's like shit i have to go fix this and then they all they eventually yeah they uh you know Rick and Juan and uh Unity stop the president from you know they they disassemble the hive mind and 
un- uninfect or disinfect the everyone who was affected by it. Um, and yeah, that was a great episode. Um, the uh, the fifth episode where Rick, uh, you know, Evil Morty shows back up and helps Rick, uh, uh, you know, track down and and kill Rick Prime was great. And you know, that was great closure. That was great closure for Rick. That was a very action packed, intense episode. Uh, and it was great seeing Evil Morty again because, you know, if you watch the show, you know that Evil Morty shows up once, pretty much once every other season. He showed up in season one, the close Rick, was it close Rick counters of the Rick kind? I think it was, yeah. Uh, uh, or close, yeah, I think it was close Rick. I think, I think that was the name of the episode. Let me check. Uh, yeah, close Rick counters of the Rick kind. Uh, he showed up in that episode. Then he showed up again in the Rick Lantis mix-up, which was season three. Then he was in the season five finale. And then, yeah, and then he was in Unmort Rickon, which was episode, the midway point of this season, which was, yeah, episode five. And, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, and it's just, Evil Morty uh, is pretty much uh, just, um, and, and we get to see his backstory. We get to see uh, fully see Evil Morty's backstory where he, you know, just grew tired of all the Dominion adventures that he went on with Rick, so he implanted a device to control him, and that device, you know, was the the device, because in that episode he had an evil Rick with him, and we just assumed Evil Morty was his sidekick, but then we found out that Evil Morty was using his eye patch, like he had an eye patch uh, connected, he had like a wire running through his eye socket, or his eye, uh, eyelid, connected to the eye patch, and he was controlling and manipulating uh, his Rick's, uh, actions and thoughts, uh, with the transmitter, you know, he had the, he had the receiver in, implanted in his Rick's head. And then the transmitter was on and on his eye patch and like in his head, like underneath his eye socket. So, so he was controlling his, his Rick's entire thoughts, uh, and actions. And, uh, he, you know, he, um, uh, finds out that Rick and Morty are searching for Rick prime and, you know, he's just enjoying his life outside the central finite curve, which is, you know, pretty much uh, outside of the curve is is all the universes where there are beings that are smarter than Rick. Because essentially what Rick did, and again, not to get too into the backstory, I mean, not to try to get make it sound too complicated, but essentially Rick blocked off all the universes where he was the smartest uh, person in the universe from all the universes in the multiverse where he wasn't. Like all the universes where he was the smartest, they are blocked off and in the curve. They're all a part of the central finite curve. All the universes outside of that are universes containing uh, aliens and humans and be higher beings that are smarter than he is. And he couldn't stand the thought of having living in a multiverse where or universe and multiverse where, you know, there were people smarter than him. So he, you know, just found a bunch of universes where he was the smartest and compiled them into this curve. Uh, so, you know, but, but evil Morty, you know, finds out, uh, you know, he, uh, finds out that, yeah, that Rick and Morty are searching for Rick prime and, you know, evil Morty actually helps Rick, uh, take him down. And, you know, it ends with, yeah, they, they, all three of them, you know, are fighting Rick prime and Rick punches him to death. And it was very cathartic. It was very cool to see. I was just surprised that it happened, midway through the season and that wasn't the season finale, but, but it was a great episode and, and, uh, you know, it's very brutal beat down from Rick by Rick prime or 
by Rick to Rick Prime. It, Rick's beatdown of Rick Prime was very brutal. Sorry, I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to word that. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, it was nice to get closure to that. I'm, I'm surprised it happened when it did. Uh, I'm curious what they'll do, you know, the next or last three seasons, assuming season 10 is the last, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm wondering what they'll do the next three seasons. What any more of the overarching story that will continue. I mean, we'll see Evil Morty again, obviously, but again, knowing how the show usually goes, it'll probably be at the end or it'll be in season nine at some point. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, there were a bunch of great episodes. I mean, yeah, pretty much all the episodes are really good. Um, the, uh, that's a Morty where, uh, Rick, it turns out that he, (laughs) you know, Rick serves, uh, is like serving the family spaghetti and everyone loves the spaghetti and Morty finds out that, uh, it's the Rick gets the spaghetti from a planet where, people commit suicide and become spaghetti. Um, and, but it's only, it's only through people who commit suicide. If they die any other way, they don't become spaghetti. And that was, a, <laughs> that was a weird, uh, sort of disturbing episode, but it, it was hilarious too, because just Morty's reaction when he found out, he's like, Oh, what the hell? I really like the spaghetti, but I've been eating dead people. What? <laughs> uh, that, but that was good. Uh, Rick fending your Mort, episode six, which pretty much was the, that was this season's, uh, interdimensional cable. Cause, uh, every episode, I mean, every season they have at least one anthology episode where it's just a bunch of skits. And the first two seasons it were the, it was the interdimensional cable where, you know, they were like watching TV from infinite universes. And, you know, every time they swapped or switched channels, it was some other, some random, uh, skit, you know, like, uh, two brothers, the, the movie, or it was ball fondlers, or it was uh, Mr. Steely, or Man vs. Car. You know, some some stupid skit that, <laughs> you know, more often than not was you know just them tossing ideas at the wall. A lot of them were probably ideas like for th- plots they had for episodes. I-, I feel like a lot of them were like, like, oh yeah, we have this idea for a plot for an episode, but I don't think this will. I don't think we can stretch this out to 22 minutes. What do we do? Well, just put in the interdimensional cable episode. You know, we'll just, we'll just throw them all into this episode. And then of course, uh, season threes from season three onward, the, uh, instead of doing interdimensional cable, they still did the anthology type episodes, but they were, they weren't interdimensional cable episodes. They were something different. Like season three was Morty's mind blowers. And that was a great one. And, uh, you know, and, and they do that every season. And this season was Rick Fendon, your Mort, where they go, there's this alien, uh, called the observer. And, um, and, uh, it, it's, he's this omniscient alien rock and, uh, the observer ends up, <laughs> uh, annoying them by showing them, uh, you know, like, cause pretty much more, uh, Rick enlists the observer's help to audit the adventure cards. And the adventure cards are like these cards Morty has where, you know, uh, Rick stamps them and on every 10th stamp, like when they get to the 10th stamp, um, Morty gets his own adventure, uh, or, or, or on the 10th, you know, anytime they go on an adventure, the 10th time the card gets stamped, Morty gets to pick what they do for the, that adventure. And, uh, and Rick, you know, gets the observer's help to audit the cards. And when he shows up, the observer shows them 
their past adventures. Cause Rick is like, no, this isn't your adventure. This isn't the 10th time. I didn't stamp the last time, you know? So he's trying to prove to Morty <laughs> using the observer's help that no, this, I, I'm picking this adventure. This isn't the 10th time. And, uh, he keeps showing, and you know, he shows them their various past adventures and, you know, Rick and Morty get tired of him treating their lives like a clip show and that's, you know, the whole episode is them trying to get, you know, get rid of him and they have to go, they end up going to his home world and they're on trial and he's showing the the jury and the uh, judge, you know, clips from their adventures. Um, and uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Uh, Wet Kuwait, 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 Amortican Summer, episode seven was good. Uh, where, you know, I've, I've never seen um, uh, Total Total Recall. But they explained it in the movie, so I was like, "Oh, okay." Like I'd heard the heard of the movie, I just had never seen it. But I was like, "What's a quat?" And then I was like, "Oh, they're like a little creature, like a smaller human that's like attached to 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 your person, like attached to a person's body." Okay, that makes sense. And uh, where, yeah, Morty essentially uh, this attribute slider that Rick created fuses Summer and Morty's bodies together while they're at a party. And Morty becomes like this little deformed Kawato. Uh, I think that's I think that's how you pronounce it. But yeah, from Total Recall. And the only thing he can say, he's he's just like this little deformed. He almost looks like a fetus, but he's this little deformed version of himself. And he all he can say is, "Open your mind." <laughs> and it's like, and it's funny, like the amount of times he says it. I mean, you'd think it'd get, you know, it might it might it might become grating to some people, but I don't know. Every time he said it, it just cracked me up. Uh, but yeah, that was a good episode. Uh, oh, and also again, speaking of, uh, people who we haven't seen in a while that popped back up, iced tea or water tea, <laughs> because he became, he became iced tea or he became water tea, uh, at the end of the episode. But I mean, at the end of that episode, but in episode or season two and in, in get swifty, the episode where, uh, well, we see the president for the first time too, uh, iced tea pops up. And then he reveals to Rick, uh, you know, what circumstances uh, caused them to have to write a song together to save humanity from being destroyed by this uh, society of giant floating talking heads that they essentially all pick five planets for their intergalactic uh, singing competition. And the planet that has the best song wins and the other four are eliminated depending on well, no, all the only one remains. So like the other four, no matter how good their songs are, they're eliminated if the last, you know, depending on whose song was the best. And Rick and Ice-T are have to write a song to save humanity and the earth from being blown up. And Ice-T reveals that he is an alien from a planet of uh sentient uh elements, sentient letter elements. Like they're elements in the shape of the alphabet. And they're from the planet Alpha Beatry. I mean, it was just so out of left field in that episode. But Dan Harmon voiced Ice-T in the episode, and he did a great job. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he voices him in this episode too. Except in the the scene where we get uh, uh, one of Ice-T's songs, they actually do play Ice-T's real song, like one the song that they're playing. It's, it's, it's his actual voice in that moment because they actually play the song. But yeah, episode eight, Rise of the New Maricons, the movie... I actually liked that one. I, and a lot of people didn't like that because Rick didn't show up. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, Morty was there. It's not like we got Mr. Goldenfold joined the adventure, you know, was, 
He's again, he's another funny recurring character. You know, it's nice to get Morty's math teacher in there. Uh, and then the backstory with him and iced tea or water tea was great to see, um, where he was a student in his class at one point, And Mr. Goldenfold was pissed off that iced tea didn't thank him at, at, at an award show that he was at. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and that, that was, that was, uh, that was really great. Uh, just, just Mr. Just the petty pettiness of their, hatred for each other the fact that mr goldenfold was upset that ice t didn't didn't thank him at the at an award show uh at the i think it was at the grammys uh it was great and yeah i mean i don't know i just i liked the con the plot of the episode i thought it was funny that how because they pretty much play the end credit scene or the post credit scene a- in that episode in season two they pretty much play it verbatim the, the you know uh with the exception of like his conversation with his dad, I think that was cut out. But other than that, it's played out the exact same way. And then, you know, Ice-T shows up to Earth and he gets Mr. Goldenfold. And it's funny too, like Morty throughout the entire episode, he's like, oh, hey man, uh, remember me? You know, get Morty, get Swifty, you remember all that? And the entire episode, he keeps trying to remind Water-T of who he is. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. And I just think it was so funny because he literally stopped the 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 floating head people from I forgot their names but he literally stopped the floating head people from blowing up Earth and he's like I'd like to hear what Rick and Morty have to play and it's like it's just the fact that he forgot within that amount of time it's like yeah I I don't know who you are it's like damn man um <laughs> but but yeah that that was a good one uh the penultimate episode episode nine uh Mort Ragnarok that was a pretty good one uh pretty much Rick discovers that there is an afterlife. And there's an infinite amount of energy that it possesses. And he's like, oh, yeah, so let's let's go get some of that energy. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we get uh, Rick and Morty. They, they go to Norway so Rick can enter Valhalla. And, um, and, and, but he has to have a great warrior kill him in order to go to Valhalla. Like, those are the rules of the afterlife for Valhalla. And uh, so he, he gets Bigfoot to kill him. And uh, he goes... He, you know, he dies, goes to Valhalla to get the energy. Uh, Morty, uh, gets killed by Bigfoot. So, <laughs> um, and they, they're both stuck in there. Uh, the Pope ends up recruiting Bigfoot to kill, uh, his most hated enemies because, um, the Pope is like, oh yeah, well, um, I, I'm a man of God. I can't, I'm not supposed to kill any people, but I can't, there's nothing that, you know, says I can't have a, an assassin helping, helping me, you know? So the, there's the subplot, yeah, where the Pope hires Bigfoot to, he pretty much blackmails him into killing all the church's enemies. Uh, and he's like, no, yeah, uh, you help me. I'll help you find Rick. And then, you know, just Rick and Morty constantly having to dine and then being recloned in Rick's Phoenix project, you know, the cloning room he has in his basement, uh, them dying and constantly be being brought back and trying to kill the Pope. And you know, there's just that whole little montage towards the end with Rick Morty and Bigfoot being recloned and, you know, trying to kill the, the Pope and then dying again, being brought back that, that was great. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a great episode too. And the season ended, uh, on a strong note with the, the season finale, episode 10, uh, fear no mort. Uh, that was, um, a crazy episode. Uh, it was got pretty creepy too, uh, with 
you know, the whole concept of the episode, because pretty much uh, there is this uh, strange man in a suit, uh, you know, that Rick and Morty, they're Rick and Morty, they're on another planet, uh, or I believe, or maybe they're on Earth, because uh, there are humans there, but they're at this, like, carnival, um, and, you know, that Rick and, Rick and Morty are both, like, there's nothing really that, like, can scare or surprise us anymore, we've been through pretty much everything, and then there's this strange man in a suit that, you know, just w- approaches them, walks up to them, and they're like, hey, if you want something really scary, come with me, you know, or, you know, uh, let me, let me come with you, I'll, I'll show you, uh, you know, something that'll really terrify you, really surprise you, and so they go to a Denny's, and there is a, a fear hole located in the bathroom, like, there's just a, there, there, you know, it's dirty-ass bathroom, in the stall at the very end of the bathroom, there is a hole that looks like, and it looks like, uh, it's like, crack, like this huge hole cracked out in the, t- like, the tile is, uh, you know, um, you know, caved in, and it's just a deep hole, and the tile's cracked all the way around the hole, and it looks like there's hair, like, some, some hairy tentacles, like, trying to, like, crawl out of the hole, like, they're just, like, it's like a bunch of hair, uh, like, spilling out from the top of the hole, and apparently it's like, oh, yeah, no one's ever conquered the fear hole, or hardly anyone has, and, you know, the, the, the man is like, oh, yeah, well, the, the, but the few who have, uh, have, uh, you know, uh, take their picture and, and get to put it on the board on the wall. And, and there's a, a little cork board with like two or three people who have conquered the hole and put their pictures on the wall. Uh, and Rick's like, hell yeah, let's do this. And the, and they both jump in and, um, <laughs> yeah, Morty, Morty jumps in and then Rick jumps in after him or jumps in with him. And, uh, and it's funny because like they, they get out and they're like, ah, that was lame. And then they go back home and, um, and they, you know, it was, it was interesting that, um, they, they get back home and you think that they actually, for the longest time, you think that they actually got out. Uh, but they get back home, uh, the, the summer Beth and Jerry are watching TV and then all out of nowhere, a portal opens up in the, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the room, uh, near the, uh, uh, near the ceiling portal opens up a young, a younger Rick shows up with Diane and he's like, you know, please take care of her. You know, I- I'm not going to make it, but take care of her. And then he just like immediately just like turns to ash. Like he just catches fire and turns to ash and Diane wakes up and I'm like, Oh shit. Is Diane like part of the show now? And you know, it, it just felt like such a huge, and, you know, it felt like a huge season finale thing to do. And, you know, for the, you know, about half the episode, Diane is, you know, reintegrating herself into the family uh, because, you know, she died, uh, you know, or most of the Dianes died. And and our Rick's Diane died when they he was like in his like late 20s, early 30s or maybe 40s. I don't know. But when he was a younger version of himself, you know, uh, they were going to go out for ice cream and, uh, you know, Rick Prime was, you know, because he, he, Rick Prime wanted to recruit Rick and give him the portal gun technology and our Rick refused. He's like, no, nah, I just, I just want to do my own thing, you know, be my own scientist, be my own man. And Rick Prime couldn't handle that. So he just decided to kill his, 
his, you know, our Rick's, uh, Diane and Beth. And Beth was like five or six when that happened. So she was, you know, his original version of Beth was, or his original Beth was a little girl. And, uh, you know, so it was just crazy to see that, especially in episode five, when Rick Prime says that, oh, I killed all the Dianes and all the, in all the universes where there are, there are, there is a Diane. Yeah, they're all gone. So I was like, wait, did Rick Prime forget about a dimension? Is this an actual Diane? Is this happening? And then Morty mentions, he's like, what if we never left the fear hole and this is a fear, you know, or this is one of our fears, you know, the fact that, you know, I might feel like I'm afraid of being replaced by Diane, you know, as, as like your, your partner in crime, you know, like your, your, you know, or, or it, you know, it's like, and Morty's like, or it could be your fear of letting go of Diane, you know, like the fact that she apparently has been murdered in all the other timelines, uh, you know, in all the other universes, period. It's like, you know, this, we, this could I, cause we, you know, Morty's like, we both jumped in to the hole at the same time or near the same time, like a few seconds apart. So it could be either one of our fears. And, but you know, it's funny because the episode kept making me doubt that I'm like, no, they're not still in the hole. And then we find out they are. And the, 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 the man in the suit is like feeding off of Rick's fear because Rick doesn't, again, Morty's right. You know, Rick doesn't, doesn't want to admit that he is afraid of losing Diane or he's afraid of letting Diane go forever, you know? And, uh, the thought of that scares him. And the fact that he, you know, as far as he can tell, this, this feels like a real true Diane. Like this feels like his, or not, not his original. Cause you know, his original Diane blew up, uh, was murdered, you know, but like, it feels like one of his Diane's. And one of his original wives, you know, or one of his versions of his wife. And, you know, the fact that, yeah, he can't let go, you know, it, but he wants to, he wants to stay with her and he doesn't want to admit that that is his fear. So the man that led them to the fear hole, the man in the suit is feeding off of Rick, Rick's fear. And that's like draining him of his energy to the point where like his hair is falling out. His, his skin is like, uh, you know, he's like losing weight, like rapidly, and like his face is sinking in and Rick Morty's like, geez, Rick, you look terrible. And, 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 you know, it, it's kind of a mind fuck again, pardon my French, but it's kind of a mind fuck towards the end of the episode where they keep thinking they're getting, they've gotten out of the hole only to, you know, something in the, 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 it's, it's kind of like inception. They, or they keep going out and then finding out that they're, well, instead of going in to, you know, further a dream level further in, they keep trying to get out and finding out that they're still in the fear hole. So it's like, oh shit, they're in another fear inside of, or it's, well, I, I don't know. It's kind of like Inception. I was going to say, it's not like there's, they're in a fear within a fear, but it's like every time they think they're out, they're still in. Um, well, okay. I guess it's not quite like, a, a, it's, a, it's not as quite, it's not quite like Inception as I thought it was uh, now that I say it out loud, but, but it, but it is, it is kind of like a, a little bit of a mind fuck. Cause it's like, Oh, you think that they're out of the hole and then they're not. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy that, 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 you know, <laughs> we, we kept getting that towards the end of the episode. I'm like, do, are we out? Like, t- it's funny. Cause when they finally got out, I'm like, are we out though? I'm still not quite sure, but you know, they get out and Morty finds out, he comes to the realization that Rick's true fear or no, well, no, Morty comes to the realization that his true fear is Rick leaving him. And, uh, yeah, and, and then Morty escapes the fear hole and 
uh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, and then we find out, uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we find out that Rick didn't actually jump in after, or with Morty, we found out Morty was the only one that jumped in, and Morty finds that out, and he's like, oh, you didn't jump in this whole time, and then Morty jumps out, Rick is tempted to jump in when Morty escapes the fear hole, uh, you know, because, because, uh, Morty tells him that, oh, yeah, Diane was meant up, the fear hole manifested Diane, and, you know, this, the, this alternate version of, of Rick, you know, of, of you and Diane were like living, you know, reconnecting, being happy, you know, reconnecting with each other, living your lives. And Rick almost jumps in. He's, he looks at the hole before they leave the bathroom, you know, before they leave the Denny's. And, um, and he's like, cause he's surprised. He's like, Oh, it manifested my wife, you know? And, uh, but he decides not to, and he leaves behind a picture of Morty. He takes a picture of Morty. He leaves behind a picture. He, he, uh, 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 pins it up to the corkboard and, uh, to commemorate him conquering the fear hole. And, uh, and then the post credit scene, uh, is Mr. Poopy butthole. We found out, we find out that he stole one of Rick's portal guns and he uses it to switch places with another version of him from another universe where he's still married to his wife, Amy. And, uh, you know, it's like his plan worked, but, the, but then we get Amy sus- suspiciously looking at him like, something's off with you. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, I mean, in conclusion, the whole season was great. Uh, I mean, this is, this is like a little nitpick. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of Space Beth, especially with how much we got of her with her last season. But we did get to see her in the season. It's just... We didn't see her as much as last season. So, I mean, that's just a little nitpick. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of her. But the fact that we didn't, it's not really a, uh, I mean, it's not like I, I'm going to take a point off or say, oh, man, the season sucked, you know, because of that. Uh, we did still see her and we did see the family. It's just, I feel like we saw a little bit more. It was more of Rick and Morty this season than the rest of the family. Uh, although then again, you know, episode two had a lot of Jerry in it. Uh, episode six did have a decent amount of space. Beth was in that episode. She, she had a, a decent amount, you know, and, and they, and again, they, they were all still in the season. It's just, I feel like there was more of Rick and Morty and like some of the side characters as opposed to the rest of the family kind of joining in to the, uh, adventures or, you know, uh, well, okay. Then again, episode seven, summer had a big, big role in that episode. Uh, Jerry had a small part in episode nine. I guess the entire family, even though it was technically manifestations of the family, it wasn't actually them, but you know, uh, uh, tomato, tomato, you know, it, it was close enough. You know, we did get to see a decent amount of them in the finale, even if it wasn't the real them. Uh, you know, I mean, so yeah, we did get to see them throughout the, a decent amount throughout the season. I just feel like we got to see a lot more of the family last season and a lot more of Rick and Morty and the family doing stuff like going on throughout their adventures or go going on adventures like all of them, you know. Uh, but, you know, again, little nitpick. I mean, we still got a decent amount of the family throughout the season and Space Beth, who is a part of the family. You know, I just it would have been cool to see a little bit more of them. But what we got of them was good. And, you know, it's not like it's the last we'll see of the family, you know, or or the show overall. We still have three more seasons. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, the season was good. I don't know if I like it better than season six, but it's at least right next to it, 
you know, it's it was it was a good season. And again, especially for this being the first season where Justin's gone from the show, and we have two new voice actors voicing Rick and Morty and and Mr. Poopy But uh, Poopy Butthole, who I mean, even though he's not a big character, he is a, a kind of a staple of the show. Again, big recurring character in a way, or a, a, de- a decent recurring character. Uh, I I think they did good job. Uh, a good job. Voice actors killed it. Uh, and you know, Dan Harmon, Ryan Ridley, the other voice actors, Spencer Grammer, Sarah Child, Chris Parnell, and all the other writers, you know, did, again, it didn't feel like they, uh, skipped a beat or, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel like they, that, I mean, really anything was missing or felt off. Uh, you know, it, it just, and you know, the fact that we got the season this year is great too. Cause I thought when I heard the news of him being fired, I'm like, Oh, they're going to have to re-record all the lines and it's going to get pushed back to next year. But no, uh, same with the last, you know, these last three seasons. Uh, well in season four, the last half of season four was released in 2020. So ever since 2020 and 2019, you know, first half of season four was 2019. Second half was 2020. And then every season after season four has been released one, like a year and maybe a month apart, but they've been released the following year. So, you know, season five was 2021, season six was last year, and season seven, you know, came out this year. So uh, I'm I'm amazed and impressed with the, the cast and crew uh, that the fact that this, you know, that they were able to churn out a, a, a decent, you know, really good season uh, and have it come out a year after, you know, the last season ended, you know, despite the kind of setback that they had with having to fire Justin and, you know, uh, find two new actors to voice the title characters. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, that I commend them. They did a great job with that. And again, the animation is fantastic uh, throughout the entire season, especially in the finale, like when Rick and Morty first go into the fear hole, just the the colors and the lighting, um and just how creepy it is, like, and how shocking overall and creepy it is when they first get down there. And, like, you know, we see this, like, demon, like, opening up Morty's stomach, like, cutting his belly button open. It's like, oh, shit, like, what, <laughs> what's going on? Um, you know, that that was the animation was great there. The animation in Unmort Rickon, uh, when, you know, Rick and Evil Morty and Morty are fighting Rick Prime was great. Uh, and again, the voice acting was great. The, the humor was still just as funny as it usually is. Again, you know, my favorite, some episodes were better than others, but overall the season was consistent. And uh, yeah, another solid, good season from the show, especially for the setback they had with having to fire Justin and getting two completely new actors to voice the main characters. I know I already said that. Uh, yeah, so I <laughs> I guess that's pretty much it. But yeah, um, I mean, if you haven't seen the show I mean, it's been out for a decade. I, I feel like at the very least, everyone's heard of the show if they haven't watched it. But do yourself a favor and go watch it. It's on Max, HBO Max, or the the streaming service formerly known as HBO Max. It's just Max now. But if you have Max, it's it's on there. Or if you still have cable, you know, it's not, it comes on Adult Swim. Um, or you can buy the show on iTunes, you know, but, but it's a great show. Oh, and also, well... It's also on Hulu, at least the first six seasons. Yeah, the, so the show is also on Hulu. Um, so if you have Hulu, go watch that. Or go watch it there, too, if you want. But, yeah, it's a great season. Uh, another really good, great season again. Um, looking forward to next year for season eight. And hopefully it'll get better from there, too. And, you know, hopefully Ian and Harry, uh, the new voice actors, uh, will... I'm I'm sure they they haven't really given the haters any 
response, but hopefully, you know, we can get just those people to shut the hell up. Everyone complaining about the new voice actors, you know, they could just tune them out and just keep doing what they're doing. Cause so far they've been doing, they've, they've been killing it as, as the vo- voices of Rick and Morty. So, uh, anyway, so yeah, that does it for today's episode. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it and I will be back sometime, uh, tomorrow for my Christmas review either tomorrow night, somewhere around this time, or maybe later tomorrow night, depending on when, uh, yeah, some, some, depending on, yeah, what I'm doing tomorrow, it, it, it won't be too late tomorrow night, but it might be, it'll, it'll be around this time or maybe six or seven tomorrow when I post that episode. Um, and yeah, I won't tell you what I'm reviewing cause I haven't quite decided what I'm going to review yet, but I'll review it probably around four to six different Christmas specials and movies. So uh, but yeah, look out for my Christmas review tomorrow, or Christmas episode, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you all tomorrow, and until then, take care. <laughs>